Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This is CX, our West Monroe Partners Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagen. In today's episode, uh, we wanted to share some findings from a research initiative that Paul has been leading, and which we briefly introduced at the end of my conversation I had with our own Mazen Galini, in which we discussed demonstrating the ROI of CX with your CFOs. And Paul, you've been busy. <laughs> Uh, you've been driving the development of kind of a white paper really around uh, this uh, research initiative, and uh, which is actually now available, uh, and you can find it in a link down below in the show notes uh, of the episode. So, Paul, you know, I thought let's just start off with a little bit of background for our listeners. Can you share uh, with everyone what we did, when we did it, why we did it, and really what was our objective going into the initiative? Yeah, gosh, you know, the ROI of CX doesn't, you know, it feels a little bit like bedtime listening here. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily the most, you know, compared to, you know, thinking about innovation and and customer experience design or service design from scratch. You know, there, you know there's a lot of other, other much more interesting uh, uh, topics to potentially talk about. But, you know, when we, as we're interacting with clients and, and others out there, um, the ROI continues to be, um, you know, top of mind for everyone. What's the business case? How do I justify mm -hmm. what I'm doing? You know, I think as we are in a, a, a holding pattern with our economy and, you know, we've talked about kind of preparing for the recession, you know, I think everyone's kind of feeling that need to be able to justify what they're doing and how that Im impacts you know, the value creation within within a company. So that's sure. that's really why we're turning to it. So, you know, oftentimes uh, the topics that are, are, are the least perhaps sexy on the uh, on the front are, are some of the more important and, and, and interesting um, uh, topics that we get into. So that's really why we're doing it. We teamed up with the Customer Experience Professionals Association, uh, you know, the Association of Customer Experience Practitioners and Leaders. Um, and surveyed about, we ended up getting about 75 uh, customer experience pros and leaders to, you know, to just tell us a little bit about what they've been, how they've been making the business case and, and articulating the ROI across their company for the efforts that they've been doing. Yeah. Did we have a hypothesis going in or thinking where, where the results would take us? Yeah, I mean, you know, there have been a number of articles around uh, companies struggling. So uh, Customer Think, Confirm It, both had studies last year that, you know, less than 20% or around 20% of customer experience leaders were experiencing the ROI or uh, achieving the ROI that, uh, uh, or, or even being able to talk about it. So we mm -hmm. had a sense that that companies were struggling. And I think one of the things that we wanted to do is, you know, confirm it ourselves. We'll start with our own data and then, um, you know, really look to what's working with, uh, uh, you know, what are the challenges they're facing? And then, and then you know, are there, are there things that are, are helping customer experience leaders tell the story, measure the results, you know, those types of things. So mm -hmm. that's, that, that was really our aim was, was let's, let's see if we can get some, some help for the customer experience pros who are, who are challenged with with making that business case for that ROI story. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dig into the results then. Uh, what did what did they say uh, and what did we learn uh, coming out of uh, that survey? 
Well, you know, top line, unsurprisingly, 90% said it's uh, it's very important, you know, nines and tens, uh, nine on a 10 point scale was the average. Um, and, you know, they rated themselves pretty poorly at actually doing it, uh, an average of five mm. on a 10 point scale, you know, which really supports the customer think and confirm it studies that, you know, say people are having a trouble having trouble actually doing mm-hmm. it. Um, I would say one of the the big surprises in it is the time frame that customer experience leaders had to demonstrate ROI. Fifty two percent said they had less than than one year to demonstrate an ROI and 30 percent had less than six months. Wow. And when you think about impact on loyalty and, and how customer experience forms right? It's a bank account. You're putting money in with great experiences. You're taking money out at a faster clip with bad experiences. Yeah. You, know, you build loyalty over time and you can destroy loyalty even faster than that. So the idea of, you know, getting into loyalty economics, you know, in less than a year and changing pe- uh, customers' perceptions of all of the things that you're doing in less than a year makes me feel a little bit like companies and, and leadership don't quite understand how customer experience works at the end of yeah. the day. Um, I would say it, it, it was, uh, there were there were only few, you know, I think it was in the teen percentages that had longer term view of, you know, one or one or two years to prove a business case around it. Yeah. So that's, that's a challenge for every customer experience leader. And, and we've, we've seen that. And, um, but, you know, that was probably one of the bigger ahas, you know, I, I would say in this, in the, in the study. That's interesting. And, and obviously there's, there's probably nuance in there in terms of when someone would start their initiative and, and to that timing. But um, yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, it really shows though that, the, you know, it's important for CX leaders to set that expectation up front that this is a longer term play, which I think is interesting. And, and, and I won't say counterintuitive, but it, it kind of goes against the grain of expectations of C-level executives in these times where they're looking at quarterly uh, returns and, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, more of a short term window. So this confirms that as CX professionals, we have to be weary about what expectations are being set with the executives, so that way we're setting ourselves up for success. And I think you know the other the other piece of that is you know, and I think about your customer experience strategy. Mm-hmm. It's as a customer experience leader, what are you going to do over the next twelve to eighteen months, and and what are you not going to do? And oftentimes a piece of that is building core capabilities. Look, we're not listening right. to customers. I've got to put a voice to listening, you know, some listening posts up and, uh, you know, start gathering some operational data that I can connect to that. You know, those are important, important things to do. But at the same time, I really need to go after some projects that can, uh, you know, quick wins right away that can demonstrate some value to the company. So, you know, an interesting piece is any any customer experience pros putting their their strategy together, thinking about both building capability but writing the ship at the same time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what are what are maybe some other key findings that we that we saw? Well, so when we asked we asked uh, folks how the, how they were demonstrating ROI and you know revenue impact, uh, really the top four things that people pointed to were were around revenue, you know, and so top line impact. So you know overall revenue impact, churn, uh, you know reduction of churn, 
um, improving customer lifetime value, uh, repurchase, those all mm. came out at the top. And then came the cost savings and productivity, um, cost takeouts. So, um, you know, clearly people are focused on the, 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 the revenue side over, over the cost takeout. Um, and I think that may be, you know, some places to, to potentially look. Revenue is great, but if you're early on in your, in your customer experience journey, some of the quick wins can very well be about cost takeout uh, and or productivity, employee experience. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it seems like if, if the focus is more on revenue versus cost takeout, there may, that may be at odds with what we saw in that first uh, kind of key takeaway in, the, in that timing, that it's much more difficult to prove growth, uh, you know, growth in revenue, uh, growth in lifetime value. Uh, maybe churn might be a little bit easier, but I, I feel like cost takeout might actually be, again, to your point, quick wins, something to build momentum around, show that it's working so, and, and generating value in which then you can continue to build momentum and, and focus on then the other parts of it. So that surprised me a little bit in, in kind of thinking that, that would be flipped more. But yeah, uh, obviously, you want, obviously long-term, you want to focus on revenue growth, Absolutely. lifetime value, you know, all, the, all those things. And, and so from that perspective, right, they're focusing on the right things. It's just interesting that to align with the timing versus what you're, you know, how to demonstrate that initial ROI. Um, you know, that, that, that's an interesting, uh, kind of, uh, uh, data point there. Well, and then, you know, uh, compounding that, um, the, when we asked them about challenges, uh, it, to mm -hmm. demonstrating value to the company, um, data, 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 access <laughs> to data, quality data, um, mm -hmm. skilled analysts, um, Right. Those were those those came up uh, um, way above other other kinds of reasons in terms of how why com companies are having struggled uh, connecting it to value. So yeah. when you think about, gosh, I, I, I've got these surveys out there and I'm pulsing people on that promoter or customer side or ease of doing business. But I can't tie that to longer term behavioral changes like, you know, over time as those scores go up and I, I take care of some things, yeah. connecting that to then the financials that live in other places, you know, connecting to, you know, transactional uh, transactional scores, you know, pulsing that I might do in the contact center or on the website. Right. All of those things end up having, you know, being in, in different data silos and. You know, I can't necessarily either bring that together or the quality of data to, to do the analysis bad is bad. And then I don't <laughs> I don't actually necessarily even have the analysts on my team. Right. So, yeah, it's it is, it, you know, it's a lot of it, it, it is a lot of work, you know, and that's where some of the that capability building is standing up that voice of the customer program, but also getting you know, a data underneath it. So whatever appends you're going to do, you know, or, or connecting your, your sentiment to, you know, that behavioral and financial data becomes so important to be doing, um, you know, as early, earlier, the earlier, the better. Right. Yeah. And uh, what about, you know, again, we kind of mentioned this uh, coming out of my conversation with Mazin, uh, talking about the CX, uh, talking about CX with your CFO, was there anything about the relationship there between CX and the CFO or CX and finance? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very low number of people who actually, um, uh, you know, ever met with their their CFO or, or or brought the CFO in to help them make the value case. So, mm. you know, obviously, a super big area of opportunity is not trying to do it alone, but re- you know, recruiting someone from the CFO or the CFO's team, finance team, to you know, kind of help help build that business case and take what, you know, is, is often common sense to us. Hey, if customers like us, they're going to buy more. If customers mm-hmm. like us, um, they're willing to pay more. Um, if customers like us, they're probably going to stay a little bit longer, right? And the mm-hmm. converse is true. They're probably yeah. going to tell friends. But, you know, all of those things become a little bit, they're hard to measure. And so, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you put that into... Um, you know, the, the words and the CFOs are looking at, at gross margins. They're looking at the cost of goods sold. They're looking at gross margins, you know, so, so, you know, the question is, how do you, how do you translate some of what you're doing into that long-term view and, and, and how you're impacting, you know, the, the, the financials that are getting reported out to, you know, shareholders and whatnot. Yeah. I think the good news about about what uh, w- within the customer experience world, though, is the business roundtable recently came out with a new set of, uh, I guess, guiding principles for the purpose of an organization. And largely in, in the past, it's been about delivering shareholder value. And, you know, this this roundtable of you know, some of the most major companies in the in, in the country um, explicitly said that just looking at delivery of, uh, of value to shareholders wasn't enough anymore. And they were updating it to include delivering value to customers, to employees um, and also to the community. So I, I yeah. think, you know, I, I've been sending that around to, to every customer experience leader I talk to and say, this is your flag. Wave right. it. You know, companies are fundamentally, you know, it, it remains to be seen how much of that is is lip service and how many how much of, of it is really companies taking it to heart and, and, and changing their behavior. But the yep. notion of measuring, you know, which is why we've been using something of the, you know, a balanced scorecard. We call it right. CEO dollars, customer employee, you know, customer perception of value, employee perception of value, operational value and financial value. Um, and I think that's a really interesting model, CEO dollars to, uh, um, you know, come back to that business roundtable with and really, you know, define those from the customer perspective, from the employee perspective, from the financial perspective. Yep. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't aware of the uh, business roundtable, we'll, we'll include a link to uh, one of the main sites uh, pages where you can read uh, what they put together and who signed, who put, who put name to paper on that uh, as a, you know, promise there. So um, that's great. Uh, Thanks for sharing those key findings, Paul. Um, Let's talk about then based on all that information, what are we uh, recommending uh, to CX leaders, CX professionals uh, on how to go about demonstrating the ROI to CX? Coming out of the white paper, I think we list five different strategies and Thought it'd be great for you to walk us through those. Yeah. So the first really is around applying empathy to 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 the stakeholders, key stakeholders, and executives across the company. You know, we're really great at applying empathy to customers, and and probably need to turn that internally 
to the to the business leaders. Um, you know, business leaders across the company are doing their jobs and, and and trying to get stuff done, and having a little empathy, starting to speak there, using a little bit of uh, what Deborah Meyerson has called verbal jujitsu. Uh, <laughs> you know, using their language. You know, understanding mm-hmm. what they're trying to achieve and. And you know, adapting what we how we talk about things and what we do to, to to figure out how does customer success help them help not only the customer but help them succeed and what mm-hmm. metrics are they going after and how is customer customer uh, experience and and the redesign of those experiences or an intentional design you know help not only the customer but also you know move those metrics that those folks are looking at too. So I think empathy is a really big thing and just getting to know and understand. Um, who they are. Um, you know, Forrester in the past has talked about, you know, uh, looking across stakeholders and finding those friendlies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who are willing and who kind of buy into the concept and are willing to put their money and, 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 uh, you know, time and resources into, into, you know, taking a chance and doing something. You know, those are people who are great to start with, empathize with them, understand what metrics they're trying to move. And, you know, demonstrate, you know, I, I, I fundamentally feel customer experience can move every metric in the company, mm-hmm. um, you know, when done right. So, you know, I think that's that's the place to start. I would say the second one is, you know, really getting literate um, and making friends. You know, one custom, chief customer officer years ago said, you know, um, the chief, uh, the CFO's, you know, my best friend in the company, you know, <laughs> he spent a ton of time with the CFO, you know, and, and talked about that, you know, another customer experience leader talked about the, the CFO coming to her and saying, Hey, you know, tell me the three things we should invest that will, uh, uh, you know, move the customer experience and, and, and financials. So, you know, those are great conversations to get in and we had, not everyone's got access. So, you know, maybe it's someone on that, on the CFO's team, but, you know, find your way to get to, to get there. I would say the third one really is around teaming up with data efforts that are going on internally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I I rarely come across a company that's not got massive data data digital efforts and and data cleaning, master data management, a lot of customer debt, master data management. I've you know been seeing pop up more and more. Mm-hmm. And those efforts are are fantastic for customer experience pros to get into. Um, um, I was just with a client the, the last couple of days that um, there was a big effort. We connected with them all and and st- just started asking questions about what kind of availability of customer customer behavioral data, t- trouble tickets, uh, ideas for products, training, right? And, and they've got a big data warehouse and suddenly we were able to pull some stuff together that uh, yeah. was going to be really, really interesting to link with with uh, survey data to really get an understanding on, you know, what's going on. So getting involved with those efforts, finding out, you know, uh, uh, you know, and then in this particular case, there was a data analyst working on it, you know, who wanted to bring more of the customer uh, perspective into it. So you've got a wonderful, wonderful ally who really wants to do something there uh, 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 with this group. So a uh, great opportunity. Um, I would say the fourth the fourth thing um, is is really understand your own journey, your voyage, uh, customer experience voyage, maturity, and the economics that go along with it. You know, for anyone just getting started with customer experience, you know, I often talk about the project based economics are really mm-hmm. important, right? And that tends to be cost takeout, but it's you know it's find me a small project or a smallish project, but you know, with a, or a, a 
big pain point that the companies had that I can solve with human-centered design. Um, and I say human-centered design, not just necessarily customer experience, but it could be employee experience. But, you know, there may be a, uh, a, a big problem area that, you know, the back of the napkin math is so obvious. If we fix it, it's got a big, you know, big impact. Get one of those first, right? Focus on those yep. projects. Then as you've laid some foundation, as you've laid some groundwork, as you start fixing some of the some of the, the hairier problems, it's only at a later stage in maturity that you're really doing things that are changing the loyalty economics, you know, the reduction mm-hmm. in churn and, you know, people's sentiment so that they actually want to buy more and enrich, um, um, you know, things that can actually impact pricing because my customers like me a lot more. So I'm, you know, they're less reluctant to churn when I raise prices are okay with it because you're driving value to them, mm-hmm. right? Those are all things that you have to build, build the relationship. And if you've been doing poorly at the relationship, you're not going to turn that around in a year. That's why that loyalty economics comes after you fixed some of that you know, those, the big irritants and the big boulders that are, you know, undermining your relationships with companies. And then, you know, the third level is, you know, now you're humming in the loyalty economics, you can really start turning to the advocacy economics, the word of mouth, you know, customers love us. We've got a lot of brand advocates. Our brand advocates are willing to be references and and talk about us and be up on stage with us, right? That can, that can come less. And, and I would say, you know, the, the, there, there are certainly companies just getting started out. Um, you know, one, one insurance company. You know, um, they they knew they had an incredibly broken enrollment process, and you know, the customer experience leader took a video of uh, you know four or five people trying to go through the enrollment process and showed that to the a group of C-suite executives. And you know, a cu- frustrated customer on there said, you know, something along the lines of, "This is my address. I, I the the system won't accept it. I don't know what they expect me to do." You know, it was like mm-hmm. two out of two out of the four people video couldn't even get through the enrollment process. And then, the, you know, this experience, this customer experience leader talked about how low the conversion rate was in that enrollment. And mm-hmm. while asking for money, said, look, I can double or triple uh, that that uh, that enrollment process there. So it was a, just a no brainer. So, you know, sometimes you can get into the, the, the revenue pieces, you know, with a really nice project like that. But um um, yeah. You know, but it takes time. Again, know, know, know the stage of your maturity and what's really reasonable. You're not going to get advocacy, you know, as much advocacy um, and, and some of that soft and squishy, like what is the intangible value of having a, a good reputation in the market, right? That's really getting mm-hmm. the brand and brand reputation at that point. So um, those are the squishier economics, but those are neat if you can, if you can start, you know, doing that down the road, but you're not going to get started doing that. So um, I just be careful of that. But those are, you know, those are five, you know, things that I think, you know, people can get started on right away and, and sort of right size what that, what that business case looks like. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of these are actually kind of intertwined, uh, interdependent, you know, that idea of the strategic investments and where to start, as well as having the the data that you're, you know, partnering with folks to get the data. You know, being able to do driver analysis to say, well, these are actually the levers mm-hmm. that are going to have the biggest impact. You're not going to be able to do that day one. So let's find something that we know is painful, that we know that there, you know, if we were to fix it, there's some operational impact and dollars that we can help save to start. 
while in the meantime, we're getting that data working with folks. So that way, when the CFO does come down and say, hey, what are the top three things that we can invest in? Well, let me here. These are the biggest drivers of, of loyalty, long-term loyalty with our customers. And therefore, it now goes into our pipeline of strategic investments uh, to be able to take action on. Bingo. You got it. Great. One of the things I just realized I didn't I didn't hit on this the the last one, but the insurance the insurance company I was saying with a video you know telling good stories you know I, I would I would encourage uh, you know any customer experience leader to go to storytelling you know because a lot of what we do is take data and and information and tell a story and create emotions appeal to people's emotions you know one of the great things about using either customers' voices to tell the story, or video is even better in mm-hmm. this insurance company. They used a video, and you could hear the emotion in the in the, in the the customer who wanted to actually give the company money, um, right. but just couldn't get through the processes, right? <laughs> you know, those stories, those stories, when you can connect them to, you know, the, the financial impact, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a win-win for everyone. So um, tell stories and use, use, use your customers to tell that story for you. Um, and multimedia is, is better than an Excel spreadsheet. So that's great. All right. Well, I think we're going to leave our conversation here. Uh, if you want to read the full details of the findings and our thoughts on how to address these challenges, you know, please download the research paper from our website. Again, the link can be found in the episode show notes. Thank you for joining us uh, for this discussion. For those of you who have maybe struggled uh, with this topic, you know we hope that you are able to learn a little more uh, to move you forward. But if you'd like to discuss your challenges related to demonstrating ROI of, of your efforts, or if you have any other questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to Paul or I uh, via the email address found in the show notes as well. So, um, But with that, please come back and join us uh, for one of our next episodes. and. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. Thanks, Thanks. everyone. Thanks, Mike.